Every bag of Falcon Fuel is an experience. It's rich, hearty, a swift kick of caffeine. You get an exquisite blend of Central American and Indonesian coffee, perfect for long editing or gaming sessions on your brand new kick-ass Falcon Northwest PC. Every custom configured, hand-tested PC from Falcon Northwest comes with a bag of Falcon Fuel. And of course, a sturdy mug to put it in, which I don't have here because I didn't take one. Sorry. I've got it right here. There is no better pairing than this. Head to falcon-nw.com and grab yourself a bag of Falcon Fuel alongside a killer PC. In this episode of The Full Nerd, we talk about the GPU market, the state of PC building, and Thunderbolt 5. Welcome, everybody, to The Full Nerd, episode 271. I am your fill-in host, Adam Patrick Murray, uh, and we, on the line with me, I have that fantastic ad reader, Elena E. Sorry, I, just, I, I, I don't want to skip you, Brad, but Elena did a really good job reading that ad. That was Hello, fun. it's me. <laughs> if you didn't know, if you didn't know, it was Elena the whole time. <laughs> 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 and uh, we got Brad, Brad, uh, Brad Choco Taco. Uh, Charkis on the on the line. What's going on? Hello, internet. What what's your shirt? It looks like cyberpunk coloring. No, oh, that's not nice. yeah, Okay, I'm sorry. BFF. I, I just saw the 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 neon yellow on your shirt. And Wait, thought it was cyberpunk. It's past my turn, but can I also show my shirt? Because yeah, I'm very excited. By Go for this. it. Yep. Uh, for audio oh. listeners, it says, "I don't I don't grow old. I level up," and it has a controller <laughs> on it. Uh, good thing Gordon's not here; that he'd get triggered by that controller. Uh, <laughs> speaking of triggering the verticals and horizontals, we got uh, uh, Willis Lie. Hopefully, Willis, you can you can peel away from the Apple keynote to uh, to help run the show. I, I'm 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 trying to you know not pay uh, give Tim Cook my uh, my money you know, every year trying to. But hello everyone, hello internet. Uh, I'm also wearing a. Um, Monsters Inc. Uh, Mike Wachowski <laughs> t-shirt. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. Hello. Man, we are styling today. I know. Wow. Sounds like it. I'm just boring wearing a shirt with uh, with uh, cactus on it. Cacti. Uh, anyway, um, we got a we got a fun show that we're going to get to. I got, I got my notes here. Look, look how professional I am filling in for Gordon. Uh, unfortunately, still can't uh, join us. So we're here <clears throat> to talk about PC stuff. Um, and the first topic of the day is a PC, or I'm sorry, GPU market share and actually a little bit of CPU market share in there. Um, there were a couple recent reports that we hadn't covered. This is a little bit of older news, but we just haven't covered recently. Uh, John Petty research, um, a famous, uh, or infamous, whatever you want to call it, uh, research firm, uh, is actually not too far from us. We, we need to have John Petty on the show sometime. Um, he's a cool guy. Put up a, a couple recent articles about uh, GPU market share and shipments uh, for AIBs. Uh, a little bit of, of CPU stuff in there. It's it's something that uh, that I think we we always get the emails and we kind of like to look at the information and kind of just from take that analyst point of point of view and maybe you know look at it through our lens to see like oh okay huh that makes sense. Uh, I have links in the description to both of these articles, but uh, the first one uh, titled. Uh, GPU shipments increased by 11.6% uh, from last quarter and decreased by 27% year over year. So uh, one of the big takeaways is that second quarter is usually down 
So maybe this means, you know, a uh, a little bit of a, of a recovery for the market. Uh, but either way, it is down year over year. And I mean, we've seen the 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 charts. We man, I can't remember the last time we covered it, but we had that chart of like shipments just like continuing to drop. Um, yep. Yeah. Oh, you know, here, here's a quote from John Petty. Uh, quote: uh, Whereas the increased shipments are welcome good news, the overall PC market and therefore the GPU market has been on a steady decline since 2010. And so, if the market has indeed turned around, it's not going to get to the levels it was 10 years ago. End quote. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, that's not always good news, I guess, but good news in the in the short term. Um, if we dig into the the numbers a little bit, uh, I think Willis, if you want to put up that that first one, the uh, market share one, um, he kind of lists out uh, quarter on quarter and then year over year, uh, and it's this uh, chart that he has for the the breakdown of of the market share and who kind of controls what. Uh, obviously, we see the biggest slice of the pie is in NVIDIA, and they've pretty much held steady quarter over quarter, 68%, and have actually increased uh, year over year uh, from 62%. So, as, once again, we, we've kind of seen that before. Uh, AMD has increased uh, quarterly, and then Intel has decreased a little bit. Also, I should I should mention this. This isn't just discrete GPUs. This is also uh, laptop configurations as well so that's why the the higher intel number you'd be like what arc is selling that well uh yeah <laughs> uh yeah so uh hey. any any quick takeaways from uh from from this brad uh a couple things popped into my head looking at these one it definitely isn't the gpu market of yesteryear if you look at the combined total of shipments uh this quarter it was you know just over six Million units, whereas you know, in 2017, 2016, like AMD alone was shipping that. So, like the total market isn't as big as just the Radeon market used to be, much less Nvidia. Uh, uh, sixty-one million units. Uh, correction for, oh, for sorry. GPUs. Yeah, uh, I might be looking at a slightly different thing, oh. but uh, I think it is. Uh, encouraging even though it's unusual for uh gpu shipments to come up this quarter it makes sense we've finally saw the launch of the 4060 4060 ti hopefully no one's buying that but you know the 4060s out that tends to be the system seller for nvidia the main driver if you look at all the steam service uh and being down year over year that much makes sense because last quarter remember was the worst quarter ever for graphics cards like in decades like it plummeted so having it down year over year still obviously ain't great but uh having it come back up from that is a good sign hopefully things are starting to get back to normal now that we actually have affordable graphics cards out yeah and and once again this research does not include uh like resale cards or you know like i'm, I'm sure yeah. there's there's plenty of there's plenty of other gpus being bought and sold uh, that aren't the the current stuff. This is this is talking about shipments, brand new card shipments from the actual manufacturers themselves. So uh, there's there's obviously plenty plenty else going on in here, but this is just at least one little look um, yep. of where it is. I I know th- this is once again a little bit older, and this was before the seventy seven hundred XT and the seventy eight hundred XT got released. I know there was uh, a little bit of that research from, or not not research, but sales numbers from that German 
what is that German site that always, yeah, yeah, Mind Factory, yeah, um, showing that what what was it like fifty fifty split nearly uh, between AMD and Nvidia at least for their sales. Uh, I I don't know how how much to take from that. That's obviously you know just a, a take that with a, a little slice. That's one one retailer in one part of the world. Usually a good indication, but it's not the whole picture. Um, I always always it's good to see those numbers, but I always take with a huge grain of salt. Uh, they definitely in Germany do tend to skew higher towards AMD than other parts of the world. And again, it's one retailer, so yeah. But I, I'll say, I will say anecdotally, it seemed like now that we're about a week off of the the launch of those GPUs, the official launch of those GPUs, that the it feels like, and may, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, that the 7800 XT was like, hey, you know what? That's a that's a damn good card. Uh, that and, and yeah. I, I know at least on Newegg in the U.S., it was sold out for at least a day or two. I, I back ordered one, and then it it just barely shipped. So oh geez, yeah. yeah. So what do it you makes th- sense. What do you think, we Brad? haven't had we haven't had a 1440p graphics card, just like we were talking about last week or the week before with Jared. Uh, you shouldn't buy a 4060 Ti and the 4070 600 bucks. So AMD didn't have to do much beyond put something out that's not crazy bad value, and they put something out that's pretty good value. So it, to me, it's the only realistic 1440p option unless you really want to spend up to get DLSS3 NVIDIA. But to me, six hundred dollars for a fourteen forty p GPU is ridiculous. <laughs> Elena, you you hear any uh, word on the street on on how well this this last Radeon launch this has been? Well, actually, it's funny you mentioned that because uh, I was helping a friend put together a build list mm-hmm. uh, right before Labor Day weekend, uh, and she was she was ready to buy, and I was like, "Hang on." Let's wait till next week for your graphics card. You can buy the rest of it now, but wait till next week. And so then the reviews launched or dropped. And I was like, oh, okay. So like, here are your options. You could do the 4070 because she has an ultra wide monitor. You can do a 4070. You can do the 7800 XT or you could do the 6800 XT. Here's the pros and cons of each. Go look at the charts yourself. Figure it out for yourself. I don't want to, I don't want to, given how much this card is going to cost you, I want you to have an informed opinion before (laughs) you put down the money. She comes back like, 10 minutes later and like messages me she's like i bought a 7800 xt did she just look at the thumbnails on youtube and she's like you know what that's the one i don't know i, I mean i might have exaggerated slightly <laughs> it might have been 15 minutes but she she went through it quick i think i think partially because she trusted me oh, okay. and then too she's like okay this is like just confirmation bias at this point i really kind of know what i want um but as we were talking because she's like oh i'm gonna get this model and i was like oh do you sh- do you you might want a different you know card because you know this brand has slightly better cooling it's really quieter and and the, as we were talking it sold out and i was like oh crap i'm so sorry and she's like no it's cool i already ordered it when i sent it to you <laughs> i already decided <laughs> i was like okay good yeah, a, a woman <laughs> so knows what she this, wants. this is an anecdote off the street so like yeah definitely that first day because we were talking on september 6th on that first day, it was already, she was already decided. People already decided, I think, what they wanted. So yeah, there was a period where it sold out. Well, has uh, has she had AMD before? Is she? Yeah, actually, oh, it's okay. a big upgrade for her. She's going from a Coffee Lake processor to a seventy six hundred X. Uh, sorry, seventy yeah seventy six hundred X for a CPU, and then she's going from an RX five eighty 
to the 700XT. <laughs> she's like, dang. I haven't heard from her. I think she's just been lost to Cyberpunk yeah. this whole time. <laughs> she's like, I'm, don't talk to me. I'm playing games. Because like she, she, system. she had it. She got. She built it on um, Sunday. I want to say. Uh, or Saturday night, and I haven't heard from her since then. I think she's just been busy with her. Hey, the, another satisfied customer. That's uh, that's what I like to hear. Uh, dang. Okay. Uh, well, well, back to the the John Petty research stuff. Um, he does give a, a quick summation that AMD's overall market share increased. Uh, 1.2% from the last quarter. Intel's market share decreased 0.4%. NVIDIA's market share uh, decreased 0.8%. Uh, obviously, Intel's market share is is slim. And uh, I mean, I, who knows how many they're selling of the A750 and the A770 or the A380 even from late last year. They haven't had a new GP launch uh, since then. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I, I, I can understand why that one hasn't moved. But NVIDIA's market share, I, I thought would have, you know, I don't I don't know. So wait, sorry, I, I was reading chat, so I might have misheard you. Mm-hmm. But Intel's share actually went down a smidge, didn't it? Point four percent. Yeah. Yeah. But, which I mean, once again, it's is a small part of the overall market share. Uh well, oh sorry, you know what? I was slightly confusing the share, but also how many that shipped. So they actually shipped fewer cards um by yeah. a, a slightly higher percentage, like almost what twelve was it twelve percent? Okay. Uh, uh, Intel's shipments rose eleven point seven percent. Point twelve. Point twelve percent. I uh, I'm not surprised by that. Uh, Intel's RGPUs have evolved into being pretty competitive, especially that A750. If you can get that at for around two hundred bucks, that's great. But they've largely just let the A770 go away. <laughs> Like, you can still find some of them out there, some third-party ones. Intel doesn't even offer the first-party limited edition design anymore. Well, not even for the limited edition. has gone for the A750 as well. Uh, that, oh, that, yeah, yeah. I, I, I double-checked recently because I was, I was chatting with Keith. And, yeah, we were like, oh, we, we should do a check-in, an ARC check-in kind of thing. And we, we looked and we were like, oh, man, you can't even get the limited edition A750 either. Oh. Um, I guess it, it, it was limited. Uh, oh, so we fit that yeah. limit. Um, <clears throat> but... Uh, the, in, in this article, they, they also, uh, uh, talk about the, the total CPUs sold as well. Uh, and they break it down. If you want to show, uh, the second slide, Mark share two, um, the total CPU units, uh, and this does, uh, they, they do kind of break it down between desktop and laptop, uh, laptop increased quarter over quarter and held steady from year over year. So it's 72%. Uh, and then desktop CPUs, kind of the same thing, um, but from quarter over quarter, it actually it actually dropped CPU sales. I, I think that's it's probably obvious. I mean, there hasn't been a new CPU launch, uh, I guess, since the seventy eight hundred X three D. So the sec- second quarter again, like we're saying with the graphics and everything, because graphics cards obviously go into new systems. Uh, the second quarter is historically pretty soft for. Uh, for PC sales, because that's like between the holidays and the back to school summer season. Those are the big times for pushing for these companies to release new products and push rebuilt and laptops and stuff out. So the second quarter is always a little bit, you know, soft. So I'm not surprised to see that. Yeah. Uh, in the article, uh, they they state that the, the second quarter is typically down compared to the previous quarter. 
Uh, this quarter was up 12.4% from last quarter, which is above the 10-year average of 8.1%. Um, so on average, it's actually Great. up uh, for C- for the CPU once again. Uh, but that's also including laptop and, and, and desktop. Um, so, yeah, laptops. I mean, I, you know, obviously we, we focus a lot of laptop on the, the website part of it, not not as much here on, on the podcast. But, yep. I mean, it seems like people are still buying laptops. Everybody wants laptops. <laughs> it's I think it's unusual to find people who want desktops versus laptops, actually. Yeah, uh, m- much more laptops get sold than desktops. Even yeah. though we're 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 in the desktop DIY space, oh yeah, we're of a niche of a niche. Um, so the the set, second article uh, that uh, John Petty Research published, uh, kind of a, a little extension on this, titled "AIB Shipments Climb in Second Quarter 2023 with Unit Sales Increasing from Quarter to Quarter." Uh, so this is specifically about add-in board shipments, um, and uh, so if if you want to show that that chart. Uh, so this is the total uh, AIB share and units. Uh, they break it down quarter over quarter, year over year. Uh, AMD, Intel, and NVIDIA. Uh, Intel was uh, dropped from 4% to 2% of, of the market. Um, NVIDIA dropped from 84% to 80% quarter. I'm talking quarter over quarter. Uh, and then uh, AMD increased from 12 to 17%. Uh yeah. That's a healthy jump. That, that, that is a, a healthy jump, and obviously we don't we don't know the how many how many um, not first party but uh, reference cards or founders edition cards are compared to AIB, but most of the market is AIB, correct? Yeah, yeah, the vast majority. Vast like majority. even uh, like Nvidia obviously makes its founders edition, AMD makes its reference cards and sells them through the sites, but they are a tiny fraction of total GPUs. They want uh they want their partners handling all the customer service headaches. <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah, I mean so so this is this is kind of a a good look into the overall GPU market. Sure we're we're kind of missing out on the those first party uh, for lack of a better term. Uh but this is this is the majority of them. Um uh, a quick highlight here they say the uh it's uh, above the ten-year average, uh, so like the, this this quarter increased uh, by three percent, and it's above the ten-year average. Uh, the total AIB shipments decreased from quarter this quarter last year to six point four million units, uh, but then we're up from six point two million units last quarter. Uh, oh, that that's where you got that number. I'm sorry, I had the. I was looking at the wrong yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's fine. Um, and then AMD's quarter to quarter total desktop AIB units shipments increased 46.8% quarter to quarter but it's still decreased 48.7% from last year so uh so yeah lot, lots of man it's like in fluctuation it's it's crazy it's the same as we were talking about earlier it's good that it's going up but it's we're definitely like Hopefully last quarter, not this one that we're talking about, but the quarter before that was the bottom because it got pretty brutal out there. And to have it up the very next quarter and a quarter that's usually down, I mean, that's a good thing. So one one of the questions I had just kind of talking about this whole GPU market share stuff is I remember when EVGA uh, announced that they were going to stop making uh, GPUs. Uh, there was a lot I was of getting ready for a wedding. I literally was getting ready for a wedding. 
I was there with my girlfriend. Uh, she was freaking out mad at me because I'm like, I got to stop. I got to watch this Gamers Nexus video. And I took 15 minutes to watch the Gamers <laughs> Nexus video. <laughs> I mean, it was wild news. And I mean, it still is, you know, wild news to think about. But one of the speculations we had uh, soon after that is like, okay, who who's going to fill in that that um, that slot, right? Uh, like EVGA, at least for me, was always one of the, the first AIBs that I looked at for NVIDIA cards. So, yep. you know, now that we're now that we're some time out from it, uh, Brad, Elena, do you have any feelings of of who's kind of filled in that slot, or do you think it's just been kind of like evenly dispersed between the the major ones like uh, MSI, ASUS? Um, Zotac, or I guess Zotac doesn't. I I have bought a lot of GeForce cards, and I was a very loyal. I never said it back when they were still in business, but I was a very loyal EVGA buyer. Like I loved EVGA's customer service. I loved their build. I loved Precision X. I loved everything. Uh, and I don't think any other company has stepped in to fill that sort of void yet. I think it's more just the companies that are around are selling more cards than they used to. I don't think any of them have necessarily stepped up to try to fill the shoes of an EVGA's reputation. Like they had excellent customer service. They had responsive to everything. And I, there's no company that does that at that level <clears throat> yet. And and that, what, what was that program? The, 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 the step up program. Uh, mm-hmm. I can't yeah. remember the name of it. That was it. That was it. EVGA step up. Oh, was it? Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Think things like that. Uh, you, you don't necessarily find again. Uh, you know, from from a, a manufacturer, but at least in terms of like actual cards made in different styles. Like uh, I, I feel like we're we're starting to see some some cool trends in in aesthetics. You know, to, to yep. kind of differentiate. Um, so you know, like it, it, it's healthy. I, I don't think. As as much as it it pains to not have EVGA around uh, for GPUs, like I also don't feel like we're in a, a worse spot for it necessarily. Uh, but yeah. they've kind of filled well, in performance wise, just not necessarily from the <laughs> customer yeah. service yeah. and uh, uh, company yeah. wise. Um, I uh, off these John Petty numbers, uh, I find it really interesting just how much market share. AMD climbed last quarter for the AIBs, going from 12 to 17%. Sure, that's only, what, 5%, but like you said, that's a 48% increase compared to what they were selling before. And I think, I have no idea, but uh, off the cuff, I would say that really speaks to the fact that NVIDIA has basically given up on the sub-$500 price point. Like, the 4060 Ti is nothing you should buy in either iteration. The 4060 is not as good as the 7600 which is cheaper like if you unless you're spending six hundred dollars and up like you really shouldn't be considering nvidia too heavily well and and i was reminded recently that <clears throat> that they haven't launched a desktop 4050 either uh so yeah 4060 is the the lowest end of the stack i doubt they will yeah or yeah. i don't think they're going to uh i get the feeling We've had this talk on here before. Integrated graphics are getting good enough, and making these cutting-edge process chips, the TSMC, TSMC process, is so expensive that I think they're kind of seeding the low-end uh, integrated graphics and handhelds at this point. Sorry, that was me opening my liquid death as quietly as I could. But <laughs> still got brought up on the, <laughs> on the that's, microphone. That's 
actually kind of depressing thought though, Brad, because I feel like there's still a significant enough gap between integrated graphics and where we're currently sitting with uh, current gen discrete graphics cards that there's a pretty big underserved population. Um, yeah. And uh, like, yeah, like, what was it, a couple of weeks ago? I went in to uh, borrow the 6400 from uh, Adam since I wanted to finally finish up an article that you've been expecting. Uh, <laughs> and I was like, man, there's just, there are just no 75 watt cards. Like, is this the last of its kind for however, no, for however long it's going to be? Are we just going to move to integrated graphics? But they're not there yet. So somebody who's been hoping to get off of a $130, $200 graphics card from ages ago is stuck between this really... This is like yeah. in this like no man's land right now. Yeah, it's too bad because I really love the uh, Nvidia, especially the 50, 50 and fifty Ti class ones. Uh, because, like you said, the whole point is you don't even need a power connector. You can just swap out what you had, plug it in, uh, and even if it's you know decidedly unimpressive performance, even versus the forty sixty or whatever, being able to do that and getting that dedicated VRAM and stuff like that. Uh, if you just want to play esports games, like fill up a cyber cafe in China or something like that, I think there's still a market for that. But I'm just not sure that they can make them cheaply enough to make it worthwhile. I mean, yeah, really, you're just looking at Intel and AMD. Uh, yeah. A380 being the, the, the bottom line, then a, a750 and a RX7600. Yeah, but even those don't, uh, they need power connectors. So it's not, not yeah. the same. Yeah, the A380. I think needs one, right? I think so. I have one. Yeah. I, should, I should look at it, yeah. Yeah, I think so, especially cuz uh there's a uh, Dr. Ian Cutris in the chat right hey. now saying that uh, he wishes the 8380 was 75 watt for the AV1 de- decoder. Right? Yeah, that would be a perfect you just add that card in as a uh a s- second slot just handle all of the uh, the encoding, but yeah. Uh anyway, yeah. So that's that's a, a little taste of the the GPU market share. Uh, any any other thoughts before we move on? I I actually looked at this um, from a way zoomed out kind of perspective in terms of just wondering like what does this mean going forward? Just because there's there's all this economic instability happening in mm-hmm. the background right now, but we've also come off all these pandemic years where people held out for a really long time to upgrade their cards. So I'm kind of interested to see, because I know the report also said something about how they're anticipating like usual Q3 will be much more robust than Q2 was. But I am wondering how that's going to look just because people are suffering from the effects of inflation right now. So is it is it enough that people were holding off and they're finally like, I got to upgrade? Like my friend who's like, I'm going to get off my fi- RX 580 finally. Or is it going to be more of a thing where they're like, man, like the cost of food just keeps going up. I think I'm just going to keep riding out until maybe someday my 75 watt <laughs> replacement card will come. <laughs> uh, I'm kind of interested to see how it goes. I, I feel like I don't have a good, personally, I don't feel like I have a good idea of like what the market's going to end up looking like even the next six months to a year. Well, it, the, it, last, the last three or four years have taught me to no longer make predictions. So I don't have <laughs> no yeah. idea. But, and, I mean, honestly, there, there's still a lot of old inventory, you know, our RTX 30 series and uh, uh, Radeon 6000 units are, are still getting sold through. So it, it's, this feels truly like a, a weird mixed generation. Uh, yeah. For sure. So, 
Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah. Speaking speaking of PCs, uh, I want to I want to take a second to talk about Falcon Northwest. Uh, right here on the on the table next to me for audio listeners, I have a a Falcon Northwest Tiki. I'm gonna clear off any any liquid things so i don't uh, drop it over but <laughs> this is uh this is a small form for the um it's, it's a micro tower is technically what they call it but uh i i call this small form small form factor uh it's also got the uh i don't know if anybody brad you never got that uh that 4080 that was in from the the pro art the asus pro art 4080 Mm-mm. nope so i'm gonna open it up sorry for uh for audio listeners but inside this we and we we do have a video, a sponsored video coming up, uh, looking at this as well. But uh, inside this, I don't know if you can see it. This is the the uh, RTX forty eighty ASUS Pro Art card, and I feel I feel like we're starting to see slimmer versions of the forty eighty and the the forty ninety. Even even MSI announced a a slim down forty ninety, which at three hundred and twenty two millimeters technically fits in the Fractal Design Terra. So I'm going to try to get one of those in, see if it fits in that in that case or not, because technically it does on paper. Anyway, uh, Falcon Northwest did work uh, with Asus to be like, hey, you know what? Like we, we need a, a, a small, compact 4080. It's great for, for production. Uh, you know, and actually, the style, stylistically, I, I like the Pro Art, Art series. Uh, and this is like a, a perfect pairing for this, uh, this Tiki. Uh, also, one of my favorite things to do with the Tiki is just like, sit here and, and push it because yeah a lot of people think it's like going to be real top heavy and like tip over but it's got a, a heavy heavy base to it so um i love the tiki's those are i think i talked about this last week those are the like i've always admired the tiki's like you could tell falcon northwest has put a lot of time and engineering into making those things run awesome and it's crazy you can get a box that small running a 4080 yep. yeah and it's yeah Custom configured. I the words right out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> like the Tiki line's been around for a long time. Like I remember seeing those like about back in 2015, 2016, when I was still relatively new to covering just tech, and that was before small form factor was a DIY. Small form factor had really, really taken off as like a more general, popular thing, and so it was very impressive to always to see those. Yeah, super cool, and and thanks again to Falcon Northwest for. Uh... For sending us off this, this coffee, this Falcon fuel, because uh, you know if 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 you if you want some coffee, go ahead and buy some Falcon fuel, and it comes with a, a gaming mm-hmm. PC uh, for low low, low price. Yeah, just happens to come with it. <laughs> anyway, uh, I hope I didn't make too much of a mess on the table here. Uh, so let's talk about the state of PC building, shall we? Uh, because Elena was like, "Hey, you know what? Well, there's not a ton of news, but..." Maybe we can talk about just like the the current status of PC building, where we're at, where we feel like. And I kind of want to break it out by component. I know we talked about GPUs for a little bit. Uh, We we talked a little bit about CPUs, but I I feel like CPUs are like in an awesome spot. Like you can get some really good power for real real low prices. Um, How how does everyone feel about the the current state of, of CPUs right now? I totally agree. To me, uh, with the way product lines traditionally get released in like uh, the fall or at CES, new CPU lineups, to me, if you're a DIY builder, this late summer period is always the best time to buy because they're starting to clear house. (laughs) Uh, And you can get some excellent CPU power for really great prices right now. 
Yeah. I don't know, Brad. I still like Black Friday. So, Elena, you're not you're not as excited about where CPUs are right now. I mean, I'm still excited. I'm just just being particular about when I shop for them. <laughs> when? Okay. Well, do you, do you think this this year we're going to see like insane CPU deals for Black Friday? I I feel like in general, I don't like like Brad. It's hard to make predictions because things have been so unpredictable for the last four years, really. Um, so part of me wants to say no, uh, because I just don't think there's going to be like major drops that would precipitate uh, like having just this whole like kind of fire sale mentality on what would be a previous generation ship. Mm -hmm. uh, at the same time, it is kind of a slower year. I feel like in terms of what people are buying, right? So maybe just to add some incentive we could see some loss leaders i i just my spidey sense tells me that it's not going to be like last year where it's just like oh my god this like 3d uh like um uh like the 5800 uh, x3d is suddenly like insanely cheaper and this is cheaper and this is cheaper and this is cheaper i think it might be more of a situation where it's again it's like micro centers doing this and everyone's like oh, i wish i lived here at micro <laughs> i mean they, they still have crazy bundles uh they do. So like CPU that's why motherboard RAM. Yeah. That's why everyone's like, I wish I lived near a micro center. Yeah, I've never set foot in one and I hate that. <laughs> <laughs> Hurts your heart. Uh, I think I think for all com computer parts in general, aside from graphics cards, like what stinks for the HPs and Dells and whatnot of the world, like so few computers are selling like we were just talking. We're at the bottom of the crater. You can get really good deals because people are trying to move what they did make and they're sitting on giant stockpiles and stuff. So I, I just feel like everything right now, if you have the money to spend on it and don't need to pay for gas and food, or you have to do that anyway, <laughs> but you know what I mean? You got some I left don't, over I don't after. Need to pay for gas. <laughs> I mean, bread. Uh, priorities. It's a great time. Yeah, you can eat the chips, right? Yeah. Well, and I, I still feel like uh, storage. Is somewhere just like man i i keep seeing like storage deals and oh storage like, that crap. is insane right now like i was just just yesterday i was debating oh there's a intel i think 670p whatever that model number is mm -hmm. two terabytes for i want to say 65 bucks 70 bucks <laughs> oh, and i was like yeah so it's not the best performing drive out there it's not a terrible drive but it's not like at the top but man if you just want to throw your all your games on there like that's a really good price for that. And then the next part of me was like, let's see how much more it drops. Let's not talk about it right now. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, it could. Who knows? I, yeah. Uh, I also yeah. feel like DDR5 RAM prices have have been going down as better. well. Yeah, yeah they've, they've gotten better. better. Like, I, I don't feel like people are like, oh, man, crap. It's the it's the, the big buying consideration on a new platform like DDR5. Oh, you got to worry about that price going up. Because, I mean, especially with, the, like we said, with those micro center bundles, like you can get 16 or 32 gigs, like in a motherboard and a CPU for like 500 bucks. And it's just like, oh, my God. Yeah. Wow. That's that's nuts. Yeah, that's, that's, it's hugely different. Like you can get solid 16, 32 gig kits for under $100 these days in, of DDR5. And that was very much not the case when all this launched, what, a year ago? 
DDR5 yeah. was actually the pain point, not buying the new motherboard and CPU. I mean, mother, motherboard <laughs> a little bit. You know, motherboard prices yeah. definitely have creeped up. I, that's the other thing, right, is the, the, the motherboard prices, like, yes, we've gotten more features and, uh, you know, better quality and, like, more stylistic options. Like, I feel like there's a very wide variety of motherboard options out there. Maybe even, like, more so's, like, oh, oh my God, wow, okay, there's a yeah. lot of <laughs> options there. Yeah. Yeah, motherboards, I would say, are, are, for me, at least when looking at pricing, or when I was doing the build list for my friend, that was still the stickiest point for me, because I, I feel like, you know, even just a couple of years ago, you could spend 150 bucks and get a really solid motherboard, like Wi-Fi and, like, things that you consider kind of extras in there. Uh, maybe not the best for overclocking, like not like VRM kind of stuff, but just like your basic uh, upgrades for people who don't aren't into like the super, super high end things or hobby type things. But now I was like 150 bucks and I'm only getting PCIe 4 support, which I mean, I guess is maybe greedy of me, but it just feels weird where you're like before this would be like an X class not a B-class motherboard, and now I am paying this much more for it. Yeah. yeah. If you haven't if you haven't built a PC in five years or so, prepare to be shocked at how much motherboard it costs. Yeah. It does make sense uh, because as we're getting all these new technologies, not just are the chips, especially on the Intel side, those things eat power, and so the motherboards have to be beefed up to be able to you know support that. But it's the same deal with PCIe 5. It's the same deal with DDR5. Like, you have to add so much more circuitry into the motherboards to support those. It makes sense that the prices are going up, but damn, have the prices gone up. Yeah, actually, this is something yeah. I, I asked Gigabyte about uh, a number of weeks ago when I was there for their Z790 uh, refresh. Excuse me. Um, and, yeah, I was like, hey, how are, how are you balancing the fact that you know you, people are asking for more features but they're also at the same time uh trying to trying to ask for for cheaper prices cuz that, that's the thing like there there are a lot of cool features like a lot of those a lot of those motherboards have the quick release latch for the the uh, m.2 drives things like that it's like okay well that's awesome or stylistic features or i mean feature sets you know talking about PCI 5 how many lanes do you get uh, I mean, something I always look for is like, a, you know, the, the higher end boards have like 10 gig ports or like, you know, 2.5, like, you know, what's the kind of connectivity on that? Uh, I mean, VRM support, like it's definitely bulked up, of course. Um, but also like, I, I don't think like, I think it's a little bit more of a, a marketing thing. It's like, eh, you know, how many phases and all that kind of stuff is meaningless to a certain degree when, when you're not pushing it that hard anyway, or if, or if you're just gaming or anything like that but yeah i mean the, there there is a lot that's going into these these motherboards and their features but also at the same time i mean it comes at a cost so yeah it does feel a little bit like what we've discussed on the laptop side of things where you know how if you get a bells and whistles and everything but the, everything and the kitchen sink mm. type gaming laptop like everything is upgraded right so you can't really get just this couple of features you kind of have to pay for like the whole premium experience Mm -hmm. it kind of feels similar on the motherboard side right now as well before you could actually get like well i don't really need you know this support but i want that and you could usually find a motherboard that kind of fit that and now it's just like nope you just 
get all these like it's almost like this is your standard car package at this level kind of thing <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah pretty much uh, There's a shocking number of like eight hundred to a thousand dollar motherboards. Right? We used to make fun of those. Right? We used to talk about that with this kind of like, who has that kind of money? And now it's like, oh, there's. No, I guess there are people who have that kind of money. Yeah. yeah. The people also have forty nineties. Uh, yeah. One one thing that we don't talk about very too often because they're outside of your PC and not inside. Uh, displays are in a really rocking place right now too. Mm. You can get awesome monitors for. Real cheap. Uh, today we ran a deal. Uh, by running a deal, I mean we look around to look for cool stuff in the morning, and we're like, "Hey, that's cool. I'd spend my money on that." And we do a post about it. It's not like we're working with Samsung, but did a deal on a Samsung 4K monitor for 200 bucks uh, a week or two ago. There was a 240 hertz uh, Acer. I want to say it was monitor. 1080p, of course, if you're looking for 240 hertz, but that was under $200. I think it was $180. Like, you can also spend up real big and get an OLED or micro LED display these days. Like, at the high end, things are banging too. Uh, displays, it's a great time to be buying. I feel like, I mean, obviously, 1080p is the majority out there but i do feel like 1440p has finally gotten some really good inroads because 1440p monitors have really come down in price right yeah you can definitely get great ones for under 200 dollars. you can get really great ones for if you spend a little bit more but you can get a solid 1440p 144 hertz monitor you might need to look around a little bit but you can find one for under 200 dollars every day and that yeah, really that's... is to, to me that's the uh pc gaming sweet spot like, if someone's like, I have not unlimited budget, but an okay budget, I just want to, you know, set for, get a set on a system, and that's kind of what I want to be running for years, I would definitely point someone to 1440p rather than 4k or 1080. Yeah, I mean, obviously, like the 1080p, there there is use for it, for sure, because you can push really, really high refresh rates if, if you really oh, yeah. care about that. But yeah, I, f I feel like 1440p is definitely a sweet spot. Uh, and then, I mean... The hardware to push 1440p like what, what what do you think what do you think is like hey you know what this is this is either the minimum you should go or like a good recommendation for 1440p uh, elena uh i'm sorry remind us uh your friend paired the 7800 xt with a 7600x cpu mm -hmm. right? yeah 7600x is kind of a sweet spot for a solid gaming cpu right now um I was actually looking at some of the Intel offerings and I was like, oh, you know what? I don't think I like that actually as much for this build. Um, so yeah, ended up going with AMD, AM5. Hmm. Brad, what, what, what do you think is a, a good sweet spot for 1440p gaming in terms of hardware? I think uh, Core i5 or Ryzen 5. So 76X and uh, what is it? 13700K? No, that's 13500K. I forget. The Six hundred, uh, yeah. They always change it by one, like every generation. Yeah. Like, yeah, all right, now weird. it's five hundred. Yeah. Now it's six hundred. Now it's like, what? <laughs> just pick one. Yeah, it was. Just to clarify, it's a pricing thing too, right? So the, between the two chips, that's really what's uh, causing on like the pricing difference plus the performance relative differences, right? So like that's honestly what ends up influencing decision. Yep. Uh, for fourteen forty p, if you're playing esports, like. 
you can get by with a pretty cheap GPU, believe it or not. But ideally, you would want to have something like the new 7700 XT or 7800 XT. Or, you know, maybe find a U6800 from last gen. But the, if you can find them, they're starting to dry up. The 12 gigabyte 6700 XT from last last generation, you can still get those for around 300 bucks, and that's a pretty solid 1440p performer still. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like it's good. <laughs> and we're talking specifically like standard 1440p, not ultra wide, right? Because that was one of the considerations that I had taken into account as well. So that's why I ended up boosting her up to like the 6800, 7800 XT yeah. range. Cause, uh, yeah, if you go to ultra wide, you wanna it. You need to step up. So yeah, ultra wide, you definitely would want the seventy eight hundred XT. So that's essentially, I mean, depending on the 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 pixel count of the ultra wide, I mean, you're you're talking about more closer to four K performance. It's like so. between the two, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Well, well, well. Speaking of outside of the system cases, where Elena, you, I know, I know you have a soft spot for cases. But where where do you think we are with cases right now? Like in what sense? Like, are we seeing a lot of innovation, or just yeah, in, of... innovation, pricing, style? Like, oh man, are we we in a really good spot? You can get some real good bang for your buck, or I haven't been following it as close as of late, unfortunately, just because of you know other priorities uh, on my plate right now. But I do feel like we're still seeing like some fun stuff, and like people, and especially you know you were at Comp- Computex, so you saw it firsthand, like how like there there's still that continuing push to make building you know, easier, simpler, faster, um, being able to accommodate uh, the parts that everyone wants, even though, because I feel like back in the day, back in the day being what, like six, seven, eight years ago, where people just kind of assumed like, you want a big graphics card, you're going to have a bigger case, right? So just kind of like, like with like. And I think now companies are more aware that people are like, yeah, but you know what I want to do? I want to take this 4090 and put it in a case this big. (laughs) <laughs> Let's see how we can make it work. Right. I, I feel like Catch that is. The break. I, I, yeah, <laughs> you know? I feel like this, that is one of the overall trends. And I was even chatting, and maybe, maybe we talked about this on the show with uh, Tony from Silverstone, of like, hey, you know, how, how do you how do you make a case as small as possible, but then also trying to account for the, the increased size of GPUs. Once again, I, I do feel like we are starting to see some of those top end SKUs, like a forty eighty and a forty ninety, like get smaller redesigns um but still i mean these are these are huge cards and you like there are plenty of cases where like i'm having to look and be like oh crap okay wait the configuration (laughs) i want to use is it actually going to fit in there and i'm not even talking about mini itx i'm just talking about like a you know a a smaller-ish mid tower like the fractal north i was looking at fractal north and i was like okay well what's the gpu support in that one it's not bad but it also like okay well it's not going to fit some of these things (laughs) It's, isn't that insane it's that you have to oh, you have to look? Isn't that insane that you have to even buying mid towers these days have to consider how big the freaking graphics cards are? That's insane. It's 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 a weird trend, and I I feel like it's it's going to have this knock on effect, or it already is having a knock on effect where case manufacturers are are starting to go a little bit bigger because of it. You know, not too much bigger, but yeah, like the case manufacturers obviously want to try to fit as much as they can, unless they're trying to go for small. But even on the small end, uh, you know. You know, like like they're still having to think about it. Like that, like I said, that fractal, the fractal Terra uh, has a a, a max length of uh, three hundred twenty two millimeter support, which is 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 still pretty long. 
but I mean, it, it doesn't fit a 4090 that I can find right now. So. Yeah. I do think it's a, it's a, it's a good time if you like playing Tetris. <laughs> it's a really good time if you enjoy Tetris. Um, but also I do think that I know I saw some chatter in the, uh, the comments right now about how cases seem to be more expensive, but I actually think that cases have also gotten largely more affordable in terms of getting better features at those price points, right? Like what we expect out of a hundred dollar case now is different than what we used to expect. And I think that trend continues. Obviously we're going to have, we still have cases that are more premium, more expensive. Like the Terra is beautiful, but it is on the more expensive side, relatively speaking for today's expectations out of mini ITX. Like, I think if you've been doing mini ITX for years and years and years, you're going to still think of it as not that bad at $200. Hmm. But if you're used to something, if you came into it because of the Cooler Master, you know, NR200, you're going to go, wow, $200, that's a lot. Um, but I think it's it, it's nice to see a lot more representation across that spectrum um, and that you have a lot more choice for the amount of money you want to spend, right? So like, uh, I keep using this example. It's just really fresh in my head of my friend's build, right? I, I basically went up to her or I presented her a six different white cases because she wanted a white case, mm. you know, not too large. And I was like, great, like I have all these options to offer to her. And she ended up picking, I think, the Fractal Pop Air. Um, and, uh, but she, she had these choices and they like were just a little different enough, both, you know, visually and honestly, and just kind of how the build would end up just a little bit, right. That it felt like there was actually a choice as opposed to, it's like, well, you you got this case and it's kind of like this, but then if you go this one instead, but you really are going to end up giving this up and, and it wasn't quite like that where Mm. I felt like it was more like that, even just five to seven years ago. And I feel like there's definitely that trend of more airflow and, you know, performance. Like, sure, there's going to be some that are more mm. performant than others, but uh, for the most part, all the, the the big name brands are not just dumpster fires in terms of, of heating up components. Uh, but then also, thanks, like... Steve. Yeah, thanks, Steve. <laughs> Back to you, Steve. Uh, I do feel like the other trend that we continue to see being, like, really trendy is the whole fishbowl style, right? Like the, like the, the height, wide what was it 60 what was the number y60 uh, i think yeah yeah the or i'm sorry the the lianli 11 dynamic aquarium yeah aquarium aquarium yeah so like i still feel like, like that style yeah i'm sorry <laughs> <laughs> I, I i still feel like that style is like i i and maybe it's just what i see on on social media but usually like if, if somebody's like just generically posting on instagram or or tiktok or something it's it's that like aquarium style that's kind of like the the showpiece uh, kind of nice. yeah, that's yeah. definitely the new what was it Lian Lee was the O11D that was huge yeah yeah a year or two ago I think that height is the new version of that that's the one you'll see all over in build logs and stuff like that yeah and I think it, at Computex it, Montech had had one where it was like curved on the the, the front too yeah so yeah we did see a few it was uh, a Montech yeah, right? yeah. yeah so I feel like that's that's definitely a style not not necessarily my style but yeah <laughs> Um, what are the components? What what are any anything else in the overall state of of PC building? I mean, keyboards. If we want to get, oh, I mean, which again is like not quite directly related to the build, but man, mechanical keyboards, especially like custom features for mechanical keyboards, have just like taken off. Like me of all people, I 
actually get options now. This is amazing, <laughs> right? Where it's like, I need an ergonomic keyboard. Everyone's like, ha ha, ha 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 ha. Have fun with that. Oh, that's cute. And I'm like, I know. <laughs> exactly. And now it's like, my friend, he, he was never into mechanical keyboards, but he picked up one for like 30 bucks. And then he bought another one for like 50 bucks. He's like, look, I've got these different options. And I'm like, do you need two keyboards? He's like, no. <laughs> I mean, but nice no, no. You know what? Maybe you need two keyboards, you know, sometimes. And then we went down a AliExpress rabbit hole of different keycaps. And he bought like three sets. <laughs> I mean, Elena, do you really need more than one pair of pants? Like you, yeah, you got one. I mean, yeah, that's all you I need, do. Right? I don't you know? know about you. I like to have a backup there. Uh, I'm just saying, you know, you might not need more than one so pair of pants. But, yeah. How long just have you saying. been wearing your pants, Adam? <laughs> Who says I'm wearing pants? You don't know. Uh, actually, you know. Uh, but uh, now Willis can't go to HR. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, something else people are, are pointing out in here is uh, uh, tower coolers. I feel like like mm. tower coolers like have been getting re- damn good like the with the thermal right um assassin uh, what, what is the yeah like the assassin 120 or whatever that dual tower cooler yeah. that's kind of compact is like I mean that's like 25 bucks and just like dang yeah. that's a damn Price good tower cooler uh and especially if you're not hitting it hard uh then then hell yeah like tower coolers it still surprises me the amount of people who still come out and be like hey you know what um, I, I don't like liquid coolers. Like, uh, I did a video recently with Dr. Ian Cutris. Uh, you should go watch it about a, a new, uh, cold plate technology, uh, that he saw at hot chips, uh, really fun concept and idea. And there was a surprising number of people in the comments are being like, nah, air all the way still. You know, I, I feel like that's still like a very hotly debated kind of thing. Air versus, uh, versus liquid. Uh, but uh, luckily air towers, I mean, are, are, are damn good. Yeah. I, I wish Gordon were here. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you can go ahead. I was just say I wish Gordon was here because I feel like he always has a great way of representing the uh, air uh, air coolers versus uh, the AIOs. And I think Brad also is going to touch on this because I think Brad, you're also a big uh, air cooling fan too. Um, hey yo. Nope. No, no pun, pun intended. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm. But it's like, I always remember him relating it to basically to like liking the whole like muscle car aesthetic, right? Like you just like seeing this like gigantic cooler strapped to your CPU and just like knowing that it's like working to keep that thing, that thing's temps down, right? As opposed to an AIO, which is like got that sleeker kind of look. Also, Gordon never really hates dealing with the tubes, if I remember right. So <laughs> he, he does, but he turned me on the 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 damn screens. And now I can't get away from those AIOs that have a built-in <laughs> screen on the, the, the nice. water block. Oh, They're a nice touch. BB. Too fun. Yeah, I still have BB on my my work my work one. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, no. Like also, I I think that a lot of the cases, I mean, some of the best cases, like the the fractal. Um, oh God, what, what is that? The the one we have here, the uh, the the flow through case with the huge uh, fans at the front. Um, too many names uh but yeah that like that's made for airflow like you can put liquid in there but it's like if you have a really good airflow setup it's just like damn that, that can true. still be you know and it's simpler too uh yes you know what dave david lee is right air coolers need to put screens on them as well i think that that <laughs> should be the next trend uh i'll, I'll push for i'm that. down because uh, you can technically get a, a bigger screen um 
So where would you put it though? Like where where on the fins would you strap that thing to? <laughs> well, like the um... would you put it like slightly uh, like apart from like a like a stand almost on top <laughs> of it so it still can pass through the air? No, yeah, no. Well, like I, I think about, I have the Amujin Five, which has like a, a little spot on the top that has like an RGB uh, area to it. So, I mean, if you just if if you have it right on the top, right against the side panel of the case, uh, like that's like the perfect spot. Uh, it actually would be pretty cool because then you right? wouldn't have to do those separate like tablet type things. Yeah, yeah. For like your full readout, because you get so, like you said, you'd get so much more screen real estate. Right. Yeah. I mean, I'm. I'm there's got it. There's got to be something. Like a like a heat maybe issue or something like that. You, you don't want your screen melting. Yeah. What's up? Is it the torrent that we have? The torrent. The yes. Torrent, thank yeah. you. God, the fractal torrent. Jesus. Uh, but yeah, who knows? Excuse me. Um, cool. Anyway, I I feel like overall, I mean, even though we're considering the economic and world conditions, like you know, and and there are some trends that we see, especially on the 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 GPU side, that that's not great. But at the same time, like, I mean, it's not a bad time to build a PC in my mind. Yeah. Like, I, I, feel, I, I feel think like, it's, yeah, I think it's one of the only times in the past five years where it's a great time to buy a PC. Like even biting a bullet and spending up a little bit more on a modern GPU, like even with that factored in, I think it's a great time to buy a PC. Yeah, crazy. Um, Jen from a one G one friend of the show ooh. earlier gave us five dollars super chat. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Uh, bought an eight terabyte for under four hundred dollars from Samsung. Uh, I remember ooh. buying one hundred twenty eight gigabyte for three hundred eighty dollars. And, and that, that, that yeah, that was back in the day pricing. So <laughs> just for inflation, that's even higher. Uh, that's yeah, my first my first SSD was a two fifty six gig, and it cost me five hundred dollars. <laughs> that's wild. That's wild. Wow, that was commitment, sir. <laughs> I was a freelancer. I got to write it off. <laughs> <laughs> but um, um, and Mike, Mike Quinn gave us all a twenty dollars super chat. Thank you so much, friend of the show. Uh oh, you know, actually, I'm going to hold that for the question and answer segment. So, but yeah, um, the you know, now it's a good time to start building. <laughs> well, speaking of Tetris, we, we we didn't do this live, but uh, we have built you. A system you in a fractal terra yeah. in the jade color in the jade color uh, love the jade color <laughs> yeah I, so i i will preface this by saying like we were using parts that we had around here so we've kind of had to uh change change some of the plans here and there yes. uh but you know how, how was it working in that that small form factor uh it's <laughs> it was fun at first until uh we got to the point where that i was trying to reuse our uh my uh evga uh 3080 yep. uh gpu and it just didn't fit <laughs> or like it, it fit but there wasn't a lot of wiggle room for it so we had to tear a few things down and go back to the drawing board so it wasn't like a um okay we we planned it all out but you know once we executed there was just a lot of changes <laughs> to, to the small form factor so well, we had to switch lot, out the power supply like, to power supply too yeah. so it was a lot so. of like breaking down a lot of uh building it back up and and so forth so we're almost done we're almost, almost done. done i'm gonna done. show it uh, uh yeah maybe maybe next week but uh it's almost done <laughs> but hey uh, that, that's good hands-on experience so you know te tearing it down and <laughs> re-putting yeah. it back together uh, here you go if you if you want uh big time power to small form factor without any of willis's hassles 
Falcon Northwest Tiki. There you go. There, <laughs> you go. Yes. there we go. Time nice. And boom. So Love it. Nice. Slide <laughs> that right in there. So, um, yeah. Uh, spe- speaking of slotting it right in there, we have a new power, or we, we have a new connector, a new Thunderbolt, Thunderbolt 5 spec just got announced this morning. We have a article up by uh, Mark Hawkman over on, uh, mm-hmm. on PCWorld.com. That's PCWorld dot com uh it's on on the main main page right now uh thunderbolt 5 will debut in 2024 with gamer class charging and io uh gamer class charging what what does that mean brad that means that it's going to be able to deliver power up to 240 watts so if you have a gaming laptop it's a big hefty heavy gaming laptop up until now you've had to use the included massive barrel chargers that come with them Mm mm-hmm with Thunderbolt 5, you might be able to use a USB charger, which would be wonderful. Yeah, I mean, that, that's something that, that Gordon looked looked for at Computex. was like, okay, obviously with USB 4, that power delivery is technically available, but it's still just not widely... Uh, yep, you know, we're using it yet. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, like, I, I mean, this, this helps push that forward as well obviously there's a difference between thunderbolt and usb4 uh but i mean thunderbolt does have its advantages uh from an ecosystem perspective uses the same port so i guess it it can be you know confusing like wait hold on does this have thunderbolt support is it not the usb4 is thunderbolt or is not (laughs) so yeah we'll have to dig in there But, I mean, e- either way, the jump from Thunderbolt 3 to Thunderbolt 4 was not huge. Uh, but jump from Thunderbolt 5, or from 4 to 5, seems massive. Uh, yep. Because they're talking about doubling the throughput, uh, correct? Uh, and even, yep. so, up, up to 80 gigabit per second. Uh, but then there's also a, a bandwidth boost mode that goes up to 120 gigabit per second capable of driving yeah. what what is it three 4k 144 display no uh thunderbolt 5 oh, no. three yeah, yeah three 4k displays at 144 hertz each mm-hmm. that's wild that's a lot of displays <laughs> is is that with the bandwidth no that's just the straight uh that's uh, with the straight 80 gigabytes i don't think that's the bandwidth boost mode even uh yeah oh. but anyway uh, Thunderbolt 4, you can only do up to two 4K monitors at 60 hertz. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, with Thunderbolt 5, you'll be able to get up to three 4K monitors at 144 hertz. So regardless of if it's using that bandwidth boost or not, like that's a huge jump. If you're somebody who bought one of those, you know, massive 4090 laptops or 4080 laptops because you need it for work, you need it to game, you need it to be mobile realistically you could have a three 4k monitor set up at home so that's actually a practical advantage for people who are buying at the upper end if you if you want to bring up the uh the the spec sheet uh, we have here the it's is comparing the thunderbolt 4 to thunderbolt 5 uh the 40 gigabit versus the 120 gigabit per second once again the 120 gigabit per second is a, a special boost mode um that can be enabled excuse me that is just what it'll top out at um it does have kind of requirements for uh pci bandwidth uh and things like that uh but also the the networking uh jumps doubles from 32 gigabit per second to to 64 gigabit per second 
at least at least for me, I mean, one of the things that I've always had a a weird love hate relationship with is eGPs. Um, I feel like that market's been kind of stagnant for a while, mostly because Thunderbolt Four has been kind of stagnant. <laughs> yeah, or, or I'm sorry, Thunderbolt Three and Thunderbolt Four uh, has been kind of stagnant. But I mean, we, with these kind of speeds, like I I am very excited to try to get in whatever latest uh, eGPU iterations are, are in there because I think that's that can be a huge a, a big game changer for uh, for that kind of stuff if you know you want an eGPU and and can use it. So um, yeah. So, yeah, that's great. Yeah, they Thunderbolt uh, all external GPU enclosures. They were real big when Thunderbolt three first came out, but then they just kind of like yeah. I mean, kind of died off. There was always a performance penalty. I remember I did yeah. do a, a lot of testing. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, this li- liquid death is not. It's killing me. Um, <laughs> but the 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 eGPU support like it made sense in my mind if you had an older laptop that had Thunderbolt support like okay you know maybe the gpu in it is is getting a little long in the tooth uh or the other option is hey you have a a modern laptop that doesn't have a discrete gpu because you don't need it if you're carrying around you want something thin and light but then you you go home and you plug it in and you get that uh you you get that boost in performance um i like that idea there's definitely workloads that can benefit from from that idea in my mind uh but yeah there was always some sort of like trade-off i I remember I, i never ended up doing this video but uh, I, I wanted to do testing to see like where the the um, efficiency curve was like hey if you, if you just throw in a at the time it was a 3080 ti i think was the the highest end or a 3080 maybe a 3090 um was the highest end you could put in there but obviously because of the the bandwidth limitations it's not really going to run that much faster than like a 3070 or something like i i, I wanted to do that testing like plot a, yeah, like a a, idea. yeah all the all the all the gpus across that in in the same configuration just to see okay well you know you, you get to a certain speed and then it's like okay well you're, you're just wasting money on the top end but this should help that i mean that yeah. like yeah like d- doubling that performance helps i don't i don't know if egpus can take advantage of of that boost mode uh I've, i haven't read too far into it uh we, we should get mark on to kind of talk a little bit more about it oh and actually this makes me think i mean there's this announcement is coming ahead of intel innovation which is next week which we will be there in san jose to uh cover stuff so hopefully they'll have some sort of uh uh demos or something to show off for for thunderbolt 5 um and we'll learn more one thing that cracked me up about uh this is that intel made a point of touting uh it can also support a brand new class of external ai devices like man you don't gotta shove ai into everything there's no, no AI device that this is no. <laughs> okay, did, did it, I'm trying to look over the the thing, but did they give an example of what an external AI device would be? Are are they yes. talking about like a dock? Like I, I didn't see anybody in here well, or anything in here that's like. like they didn't, if I remember right, they didn't actually talk about the physical item but they talked about like applications of it right so like it could be like to help things like video conferencing audio effects uh like things like that right like stuff that i think has already been probably employing ai that we we don't think about because it's more like to to me that's honestly seems more like a software thing but maybe it's not so maybe that's why they're kind of trying to like 
push this in to remind people that there are hardware applications to it. I don't know. Which is still a wild like, west. It's, it's something we, you know, we talk about a, yeah. a lot, you know, figuring out how to even benchmark this stuff. <laughs> I, I, but actually, now that I think about it, okay, if they're talking about that, where say you have an eGPU with a, with a high-end discrete GPU in it, and you're like, oh, hey, uh, you know, on the go when I'm going to my meetings with my Dell XPS 15, uh, I got a, a nice, you know, thin and light laptop that I carry around. Then I go home and I plug it in. And you know what I do? I generate all those images on uh, on uh, unstable diffusion, diffusion. <laughs> you know, like accelerated by my my 4080 yeah. that's in there. I, I, you know, I, sure. OK, I guess I could see that. Yeah, I had more of an 80s kid moment i think where it was like oh so it's like then like i would have a separate almost like a cable box where it's like a separate thing where i have to like plug into my computer so that my zoom meetings work better because that's a little weird that's basically how my brain interpreted that yeah i mean because that's i mean yeah i mean there obviously there's a lot of ai features uh intel has been talking about it integrated into meteor lake ai features uh and then uh amd you know, has, has Ryzen AI in some of their 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 laptop. Uh, Everybody's talking about it, right? We it, have an yeah. AI smart answers. <laughs> right, yeah, go over to PC World and <laughs> chat with our AI bot. Uh, so I I do feel like yes, you're right. Some of this is just marketing fluff. Uh, but there are yeah, I mean there could be some situations that we just don't know. Like maybe we come back in a year's time and we're like, oh my god, how did we not think of of maybe AI acceleration in this way? I, you know. I don't know. I, yeah. I hope we see something like that. Uh, speaking of Meteor Lake, they didn't. They didn't commit. Correct me if I'm wrong. They didn't commit that that Thunderbolt Five will be a part of Meteor Lake. Correct. Correct. It's not. Oh yeah. yeah. Unfortunately, Intel is not uh, saying whether this will be inside its new Meteor Lake chip or some other platform. But they did say uh, it will debut in laptops in 2024. So once again, we don't know specific details around Meteor Lake uh, when it's coming. But they're saying at least Thunderbolt Five uh, is twenty twenty four. Um, also, th- it, Thunderbolt Four will continue. It's you know, like it's not going to be immediately into Thunderbolt Five. I'm sure there's some sort of uh, cost uh, associated with it. So yeah. we'll probably see like lower end laptops still maintain Thunderbolt Four, while while higher end uh, will focus on Five for now. Um, but yeah, I. Uh... One of the cool things, as well as with pointing out, just like with most of these cables, I think it's a cool thing. They'll maintain backwards compatibility. Mm-hmm. So if you have a Thunderbolt 4 cord and you plug it into this, you'll still get Thunderbolt, but it'll just be Thunderbolt 4. It's the same as you do for USB or HDMI. The cords mm-hmm. are interchangeable, but it defaults to the slowest one. Um, the So uh, Mark actually maintains a, a best, best Thunderbolt dock hub for us on pc world if you're, if you're looking for it <clears throat> but outside of extreme cases for like when we're at trade shows and things like that um i don't personally use docs that often elena or are, are you a big dock user no no i don't i don't actually have a setup that needs one yeah, right okay. now yeah brad i know you've been working on mostly on a laptop or are you using the dock regularly uh, I'm not using the dock regularly. I'm still in the process of getting my house set up. It's been forever. Uh, but I think I'm going to be. I think I'm thinking because I am liking having the laptop and being able to go sit outside and work and do stuff like that. Mm. So I'm thinking I'm going to get a dock for it and have uh, a workstation out there with my test bench and a dock set up. And then I can just, you know, switch between the two. 
Yeah, I, I guess I, I am wondering, like, who who's going to need three 4K displays at 144 hertz? <laughs> Again, who that would be... need, Adam? It's about lunch <laughs> you're right, you're and right. fulfilling your heart's desire. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you can buy a $4,500 Razer 4090 13900HX laptop for content creation, for gaming, whatever. Uh, someone like that, I definitely could see having a setup like that at home. And then bring it to work to do whatever the heck you do with a machine like that at work for. <laughs> well, and actually, now that I now that I think about it, we knew somebody who used to work out of the office here, uh, Vid, who who had a laptop. It was just like a work issue Dell XPS. I, I don't know the specifications, but yeah, he he was uh, in in his setup. He would he had four, mm-hmm. God, twenty four or twenty seven inch displays, <laughs> like a like a day trader or something in front of him. So you know what, actually. <laughs> He, I, I could totally see him being like, yeah, I've got, I've got three 4K 144 hertz displays. Uh, so the 144 okay. hertz part, that yeah, cracks yeah, me up a yeah. bit though. <laughs> it's like you can't drive all those displays while gaming with a, a single GPU these days. Actually, so I, it's like it's a little overkill if you actually did have yeah. four. <laughs> also expensive hertz. as hell. How much do you think you'd have to? I mean, pay? I mean. <laughs> Yeah, but if you're if you're going uh, that yeah. extreme, it, the the price doesn't really matter. It's just more of like the practical. Like, wait a second, can you actually drive all this place? Like, no, no, it's just gonna be. Yeah, I guess maybe you have sensitive eyes. I don't know. I mean, but, but good point. Hey, you know what? At least the spec is out there. the The theoretical limits don't need to be pushed yet. As you know, as long as hey, it, it, it's there. It's not holding us back. You can if you want to, and then maybe, yeah. maybe one day we'll catch up. To me, that's the important part, because right now, Thunderbolt 4 docks max out at 4K60 pair. So mm-hmm. even if you're not going to do 144 hertz trio, you can at least know, hey, I can upgrade my monitors to 144 hertz now, and it'll be great. Nice. <clears throat> nice. Yep. Uh, so, yeah, I'm excited. 2024. Uh, yeah, I, I, I can guarantee you. That whenever uh, we get the first Thunderbolt Five laptop equipped laptop in here, I am definitely going to be doing some eGPU testing because that's I am very curious about that, uh, and I'm sure uh, Mark will be chomping at the bit to update his his Thunderbolt uh, be- buying uh, article, or I'm sorry, uh, Thunderbolt yeah, Thund- Thunderbolt Doc buying article. Uh, he's got to he's do all the more, more of- testing now. Those are actually more of a pain to test than you would think. <laughs> oh. I definitely am aware that they would be. <laughs> yeah, there's, Imagine there's like the compatibility and getting things to recognize all this. Ca- oh, oh, yeah. He is a strong man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good. Good job, Mark. Um, anyway. Uh, okay. Well, uh, anything else on Thunderbolt? Or should we move no, it's on? It's cool to see that the, this is still going. Like, I keep pushing it. And also the fact that like, the stuff, the fact that we still have EGP, eGPUs and people are kind of keeping that as part of like this whole thing of being able to make having a PC more flexible. I love that. I love that it wasn't abandoned. Well, and hey, uh, even even Apple likes Thunderbolt, so you know <laughs> it's got to be something, right? Uh, at least for now. Um, let's switch over to Q and A. If you have a question that you would like for us to answer. Uh, please get it in the 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 live chat right now and at PC World. That's kind of the easiest way for us to see it. Or if you're watching or listening to this later, head over to our Discord. There's a link 
uh, in the description to that. Uh, and we have a full nerd questions and answers uh, channel over there that uh, that you can plop in a question and hopefully we get to it on the show. Uh, I know we do have a couple super chats, so I'm going to switch over here and jump back to them. Oh, we, we have a super chat from Kenton Morton. Not a question. Uh, just comment. Uh, is the or no, I guess that is a question. Is the 7800 XT performance on par with the 4080? No. No. Okay. No, but it's uh, what? The 4080 is $1,200 and the 7800 XT is $500. So definitely not, but it's plenty fast enough for 1440p. Uh, yeah, the 4080 is more equivalent to a, a 7900 XT, correct? Yes. Yeah. yeah, which is a thousand bucks, but you can find them on sale for around 900 these days sometimes. Okay. Uh, and then, uh, Mike Quinton, uh, gave us a $20 super chat earlier. Thank you so much. Said, uh, question is PC waste. Uh, got the latest and greatest fully RGB'd out four months later. I'm told it's all obsolete and to be in, I need to get rid of my four months old stuff. Can't eBay everything. Some charities want brand new. Uh, PC waste. What What the hell can we do about this? What, is there a I'm, good solution I'm, to old hardware? You can recycle it, but I'm just a firm believer. Like, I try to say this on the show whenever it comes up. Don't upgrade just for the sake of upgrading. Like, unless it's your extreme hobby. For some folks, this is extreme hobby. I want to be competitive overclocker, trying all the latest and greatest. You know, if that's you, that's cool. But if you're just using your computer to game, to get work done, to do stuff like that, don't upgrade just to upgrade. Upgrade when what you have can't get what you need to get done, done. Mm-hmm. And then you recycle it. And that's, I think, you know, the best thing that any individual can do to help combat e-waste. Yeah, and, and hopefully the maybe maybe people that you can hand it down to or be like, hey, you know mm-hmm. what? Like I've got some older hardware, uh, and sure, it's not the latest and greatest, but I, I think a, lo- a lot of people that I, I'm able to give old hardware to are just like, oh man, that's that's awesome. I, yeah. I love it. So um, that's how I became my nephew's favorite uncle. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You know, you can buy them with uh, PC parts. Buy their love. Yeah. <laughs> but is four months really obsolete? Like I was like. Hmm. You know, it, it, I think he's just. So, I think no, he's. No, no, I, I think he's stylistically talking. Yeah. yeah. Like. <laughs> but I mean, uh, there. I mean, come on, we feed into it too, right? There's always a uh, something new coming out, something latest and greatest. You know, we we review CPUs and GPUs as they come out. Do you always need the newest ones? No. Yeah. Uh, do, does it sometimes feel like, oh crap, you know, this new one's out, and you look at the charts and you're like, well, crap, it is it is twenty percent faster. But yeah, like you said, if, if if you at least kind of stop and, and look and be like, okay, am I actually feeling like, yes, there are is faster, better stuff out there now, but is there, am I, am I feeling like I'm lacking in anywhere right now? You know, that that's kind of the question to ask. Yeah, yourself. it's something that we've kind of gotten away from, like as an industry recently, but very common advice used to be one, wait two generations, then upgrade, hmm. which always makes sense. But the reason for that is because when you upgrade, ideally you should be looking for a 50% increase in performance. You can really feel it at that level. That's where the two-generation thing comes from. So, yeah, don't buy. Unless, I mean, if you have money riding on it, if you're a video producer who makes uses your PC to make your living, you want that 20% faster whenever it's available. Yeah, that can be a, a, a big yeah. differentiator. <laughs> yeah, but if you're uh, if you're just a guy or a girl... 
wait at least a couple generations. The other thing, too, I want to say is that you can, I mean, we don't talk about it as much here because it just is such a crapshoot or can be, depending where you are and what's available to you. But you can also buy used if you really are concerned about PC waste, if you if you don't need the absolute latest and greatest, right? So you can, a lot of people will do this. They'll buy somebody's, you know, secondhand part. And so they get savings. They're also keeping that from, you know, being e-wasted uh that's that's one thing that we don't talk about as much is because it's harder for us to, like when we're making the recommendation to guarantee not guarantee but better guarantee i guess i should say um the ability for someone to have a positive experience with buying used it's just easier for us to talk about like buying you know through deals and like how to shave off you know dollars you know from buy while buying new um so that's one thing uh, another is that uh, I don't know if all areas have this, but I know at least in California, one of the things that they started doing was that they built in a recycling fee into the cost of certain components so that it would make it easier for people to recycle them mm. as opposed to just like dumping them on the street, you know, leaving it to be somebody else's problem. So that way, uh, instead of being like, oh, I have to take my monitor down and then pay $32 to get it recycled. No, I'm just going to put it on the street and see if someone takes it now it's like built into the initial cost of the the items so that way it's just like oh i get to recycle it for free when it's really not free but mm. like little things like that also like in terms of policy can also shape the human behavior right mm -hmm. also i just really want to know what charity is turning up their nose and saying we only want do parts like i have i <laughs> maybe i just live in poor areas but i have not encountered ones that are that adamant where it has to be like absolutely newest well, hardware actually no I've I've run into it because we we've had some some hardware around here that I was trying to get rid of like like 2015 era MacBook Pros mm. like older Mac Pro towers like there was a charity that I, I was looking into and and yeah they wouldn't accept anything past like 2017 and this is for educational that's, that's purposes and so, I know I know yeah so I mean like but I'm like it is still damn good hardware and it, it works but you know like that yeah so I mean some yeah. Yeah, sometimes I think I think it is hard because it's just like yeah, if if it's upkeeping service, this this laptop's still good, but yeah. you know for for whatever reason, it it can be sometimes harder to find a a place to donate it to, official place. But yeah, um, a couple more than we get out of here. Uh, uh, actually, I had a couple people. What was it Star Screamus, friend of the show, Star Screamus over on Discord, and then uh, Skeet Sayer gave us a, a ten Canadian dollar super chat. Thank you so much. Said. Adam, apparently you are using a 7000 series GPU in your small four factor build. Please, please let us know how it's been. Uh, and then Starscream has said kind of asked the same thing just for an update on the ITX build. Uh, so, yeah, just to recap, uh, Fractal to Terra, we did a, a live build. Uh, I had a 7800X3D as a CPU in it. Uh, and then I put it up to the chat and was like, hey, do you want me to put a 4080? Because uh, I had one that would fit, uh, or do you want me to put in a seventy seventy nine hundred XTX? The chat uh, chose seventy nine hundred XTX, and so th that's what I've been using. Uh, it's a uh, Sapphire Pulse, I believe uh, seventy seventy nine hundred XTX, uh, and it's been awesome. Like temps, like it, I have it in the entertainment center and kind of like off to the the bottom side of it because I, I plugged it into my TV. Uh, and temps are usually nowhere above like. 71c the cpu is actually a little bit more um hotter typically than the, than the gpu but that's because i have a, a, a real thin 
uh, cooler on it, but still, I mean, 71C, even I did some stress tests and it wasn't even that crazy either. Um, <clears throat> awesome. Don't yeah. be scared of throwing AMD in your small four factor rig then. Yeah. I, you know, and like driver, driver stuff, I haven't really had any, any wonkiness that, that I'm thinking of recently. I, I did run into some problems, but this is, I think just an us thing. I, because I had to to kind of uh, help you test out the seventy seven hundred and seventy eight hundred XT, I did load the pre release drivers that we got from AMD on that system, and I have had a hell of a hard time putting my original GPU back in there and and putting back on the the official supported driver. Uh, so I've run into some problems there that I had really had to work out. Sorry, I appreciate you. <laughs> no, 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 but but also once again. I think that's more of a me thing, like, you know, having, having to do that. So that's the only time that I've really struggled with like driver issues, but for the most part, I mean, it's, it's been smooth. Um, I I don't know if anybody has any like actual specific questions around it, but yeah. (laughs) Uh, and, uh, the star screen. Did you undervolt it or just run it? No, it is. It's, it's running straight is my, my TV recently upgraded to, and it does have, uh, it's 4k 120 with vsync premium i'm sorry uh freesync premium pro uh in it so uh, a nicer setup so and it's just like a a perfect pairing for it i i did have er, early on i i uh, had to remember like what the what the best way to configure it is like obviously you don't want to use vsync in the game uh and then i in the in the amd driver i enabled uh what is it uh fast sync i think i think mm-hmm. is what it is um so, so yeah, the, there there were some initial things where I was getting some crazy stuttering, but it was because of the the way that I had configured it. So that is ironed out. Um, yeah, I'm, I love it. Nope. I, I I can't <laughs> like uh, yeah. I mean, sure, I'm you know I I don't have the DLSS stuff, but I mean for the most part, uh, FSR is is you know almost everywhere, and yeah, I I'd say the the probably the game that I've been playing the most that has pushed it hard. Uh, to the point where I haven't been able to get a consistent 4K 120 is uh, uh, Starfield, but I think that's less about the GPU than it is about the game. <laughs> so uh, yeah, it's CPU and RAM in the game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So yeah. Uh, oh, you know. Uh, but yeah. Uh, somebody had had mentioned uh cat hair. Uh, <laughs> I I have that that that's been my my final consideration is I do want to after a couple months pull it out. And, and well, you know, I, I guess, yeah, I kind of ruined that because I did the testing. Uh, I kind of had to, to break it down because of that one. So I don't remember seeing like any, any, any crazy dust balls in there or anything, but that's kind of my last long-term thing is to, to be like, okay, with such an open case, uh, how dusty or, or hairy is it going to get in there? So an idea yeah something to to check check in on uh and then the whole cat in there (laughs) (laughs) yeah pretty much you you know sometimes they shed enough that you're like what the hell uh did you have a baby uh and then starscream is also asked about rockham i have not tried rockham yet uh it's something i'm I'm looking into uh let's do another question i think i had uh one lined up over here on the uh, discord um mostly running at stock asked about the the ecam thing that that uh ian and i did a video on uh could ecam be used inside of a vapor chamber instead of a currently used internal support pillars with heat pipes going from the vapor chamber to fin stacks for air cooling would it be more efficient than the standard vapor chamber would it be cost uh would it be worth it 
for the cost if it was better. Um, I would I would say definitely ask this question to Ian because he he knows way more about it than I do. Uh, but just a quick recap: uh, the the pitch that that Ian was kind of saying was like, hey, there's behind it has other uses, but the reuse we're talking about is a AIO. Uh, behind that copper plate, uh, there is a fin stack that the that helps wick away the heat uh, with the liquid. You know, the the it's trying to get as much surface area to kind of uh, wick away the heat and kind of recycle it through the the radiator. Uh, instead of having just tall copper fins that are straight and long, uh, they've developed uh, this company called um, oh crap, what was the name? Oh, Fabric Eight. Fabricate with an eight fabric eight labs. Has have developed a, the, this method called ECAM, and it's essentially I know this is dumbing it down, but I'm I'm dumb. So uh, it it it's almost like a 3D printing up of this like of this weird Swiss cheese shape. So the idea is to increase the surface area that the liquid can flow through, but also not. Um, increase the tension that's needed for the the liquid to, to flow through so it, it looks weird it looks like this stacked swiss cheese uh design um but like you know it, it either it e- either can match what a fin stack is for a cheaper price uh or actually have a uh a better performance um the the one big downside and a lot of people were talking about it in the the, the comments was but build up because I mean that is one thing we've seen in in other AIOs is the liquid can can have like a buildup in the fins, and then it's less efficient. I I don't know how uh, they're addressing the idea of buildup in this, um, but that, that seems to be kind of the the one downside people are, are pointing to. Other than that, it's cheaper, it's it's better. I I I think we will see it uh, applied to to some degree. Um, could it be used in vapor chambers? I do, I don't know. That, that's that's something that's kind of above my head. So you know, may, maybe ask Ian or reach out to Fabricate and see see what's going on over there. But I mean, maybe I who knows. Yeah. I, I, I do. That's the correct answer. You'd have to ask them. This is new technology. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, it, it was funny. I was I was chatting with Gordon about this because I, I was like, how crazy is it that we've seen two revolutionary cooling technologies in the same year? Earlier this year, we saw the Fror Labs air jet that's starting to be implemented, and that's like kind of revolutionizing air cooling. And then through MEMS technology, and then this ECAM thing comes out, where which could you know help help liquid cooling get to an even better spot. Uh, oh, the, well, one of the other things they were talking about was um, the the uh, you know m- most of the the CPU designs nowadays have hot spots uh in specific areas and they're like okay well over those hot spots we can actually increase the density uh over it and so it's not just a uniform straight fins across the whole thing they can actually kind of configure it so it gets better oh that's cooling cool. over a specific area right you know so uh, yeah it's cool to see and once again i had asked ian in the video you should go watch it i was just like how come nobody's thought of this before and he's like yeah i just don't think anybody's questioned it <laughs> before so it's, it's something something definitely cool to cool eh? to to look out ah, for <laughs> i get hey, it didn't. <laughs> <laughs> um puns in a show um, ba-dum, ba-dum, <laughs> uh here we go uh we got one from a uh, sort of fast over on discord uh, one for Brad. With the fire and everything, did you end up uh, being able to upgrade a lot of your personal slash test equipment for better hardware? 
Also, just wondering what other positives happened as a result of the fire. Glad you're uh, back and very happy the family is okay. Oh, well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, no, uh, all my stuff was destroyed, basically. I have some older GPUs that were in a different area that I managed to save, but most modern GPUs, my test rig, two different desktops were all destroyed. Uh, and I'm currently still in the process of uh, getting this house set up, uh, so I haven't had time to go shopping and looking for a new desktop soon. But I'm hoping to at some point because... Uh, well, I like this little laptop. Not being able to play any games or anything sucks. I have an Xbox, but it's just not the same. Uh, ow, ow. Oh. <laughs> Somewhere Gordon's ears are burning, and I felt it. But it did make me really like uh, how the Xbox cloud games work, because I'm starting to play Starfield on my Xbox, so when I ever when I do actually get another desktop set up, I'll be able to just pick up where I left off, and I think that's rad, and kudos to Microsoft for doing that. Uh, some beneficial things that came out of it? Uh, well, lots of, decent amount, actually. Uh, one, you know, everyone's support and help and, you know, nice words, just, it really opened my eyes to how cool how many people can be, because some people, you know, it's easy to get a little bit negative on, you know, people in general sometimes, but it was just really eye-opening and humbling to see so much outpouring support for me, for my neighbors, for everybody from all areas. It was really, really cool. And it let me help those neighbors. They're still not moved into a place yet. They're still living out of campers and stuff. So I just used the last of the GoFund money. I gave it to them so they could afford an Airbnb for this month. And couldn't have done any of that without everybody's help. And that's super cool. Uh, it was pretty cool staying in hotels with pools for a month and fire plate pits outside. <laughs> I was insanely busy, uh, but at least I could go sit by a pool with a laptop or go sit by a fire pit with a cigar or something. Uh, yeah. You know, I like the new place that I managed to find, uh, really good neighborhood, just a block from my kid's school. So there are definitely some positives to it. Uh, at the older house. You know how families go. We all tend to stay in our own room sometimes or, you know, do our own things, go out, do our own things. It was intense having to stay in the same hotel room with four people for a month straight, but also led to a lot of really cool experiences. Like uh, my daughter started playing, uh, teaching her uncle, who my disabled cousin who lived with me, uh, how to play Magic the Gathering. And that never would happen sitting around the house. There would never be a day when, because Mike and I would be watching sports or something. We, it would never be a, hey, let's, let's play at Magic the Gathering, Uncle Mike, and stuff like that. And there were a bunch of little things like that, just being in close with people for so long. There's a bunch of little cool, awesome experiences like that, too. That's awesome. And then for, for the hardware, obviously, we talked about it a little bit with your testing rig. Uh, that's not great. <laughs> that didn't survive your, and then your gaming rig that was your main work rig that also didn't survive. Correct? Yep. That yep. didn't survive. So that's why and you're working I on had, a laptop mostly. Yeah. And I also had a high end 7950 X system with the high end motherboard and Ram and everything new in the box. And that also was destroyed by the smoke and didn't, whatnot. Didn't you have a, a really nice uh, G-Sync monitor too on your desk? 
Did that get ruined? That survived. Oh, that survived. Oh, that's good. I lost all of my other monitors. <laughs> uh, it was wow. cool. The uh, the firefighters they have like a crazy thick like quadruple layer tarp that they threw over my uh, entertainment center and my computer desk before they started blasting everything. It's so heavy it actually cracked my TV down the middle. Uh, <laughs> but it it saved Here, my I'll save monitor. That for you. <laughs> yeah, but the monitor it's held not, up. Not <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I had monitors upstairs. I had a big, huge, curved Samsung Odyssey ultra wide. I had another ultra wide, and I had a 360 hertz esports monitor because I like switching out depending on kinds of games I'm playing. But not anymore. <laughs> <laughs> not, not for now. Yeah, uh, well, we've yeah. we've talked about getting you some some hardware. Uh, there's mm-hmm. been plenty of companies that have reached out, and mm-hmm. you know, I wanted to support, so we're uh, we'll we'll figure it out. But yeah. I'm doing good though. I appreciate the thought. Thanks for asking. Like doing all right. It's yeah. been a heck of a summer, but uh, <laughs> almost done. Fall's here. And <laughs> yeah, bring on the fall. Uh, last question here, and then we will get out of here because we're uh, running short on time. Uh, we had a five dollars super chat from friend of the show VC Jester. Uh, said, "Which is the better movie slash television universe? Star Wars, Star Trek, or Marvel?" I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna kick in right here. Marvel. N- nobody. Come on. Nobody, nobody's picking Marvel. Come on, no, no, no. Yeah, uh, I'm just not a big. Oh, you're gonna pick Marvel? Oh man, Willis, dang. Willis, I, the most controversial of us all. Oh, I let the outrage funny out now. Wow, yeah. So, you, out of those three, you really think that's the best universe, Marvel? I mean, just because that's what I grew up with. So it's just, yeah. <laughs> I wasn't. I didn't have a whole lot of access into Star Wars, Star Trek. It was just like whatever. That 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 was just Star Trek. Long gone. Just whatever. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it was just whatever. Like, I know. Don't let Gordon Star Trek. <laughs> whatever. But yeah, no. Space politics. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. <laughs> This is a more controversial question than politics for us. <laughs> well, I, I think he's alluding to the fact that, yeah, Star Trek is mostly Wait, politics. I, I just want to say, though, like, Willis, in this I... in this decision of yours to choose Marvel, <laughs> like, I feel like this is a, like a window into your into your brain because you obviously have to be identifying with everybody who has some kind of superpower because like who would want to be in the Marvel universe and be like one of those people screaming running because a building has collapsed. Yeah, you get your bus gets thrown. <laughs> right? Like like you like, I think it feel like it says that you are not identifying with a common person in this universe. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, what about you guys? Enough <laughs> about me. Uh, yeah. For me, uh, I actually prefer to watch the Star Wars movies. But when it comes to the universe itself, I think they've done a better job constructing and staying true to the Star Trek universe. So I'm gonna go cast my shot there. They're getting too. Cra- they're getting. They're getting too crazy with the new Star Wars stuff. Too crazy, really? Yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, well, I, I thought I was going to have the controversial opinion of, of Star Trek uh, because that's what I grew up with. Uh, like, yeah, I mean, being being able to to, to watch the original series, my, my parents were, were big fans of the original, so I, I watched that. Next Generation was coming up as, you know, uh, as I was in my... In my teen years, uh, Deep Space Nine, I loved most of the movies, uh, like pre-J.J. Abrams movies. I, I actually, you know what? Recently, I showed Lindsay uh, Star Trek IV uh, for the first time, uh, and it was, it was actually kind of funny to to see, you know, they're they're in San Francisco and looking for Alameda and stuff like that. Uh, so it's kind of a, it was fun, uh, but yeah. So Star Trek, yeah, 
That's that's two for Star Trek. Elena, I think I know what you're going to pick. <laughs> I mean, you probably already do. But it's okay. Before I give my answer, though, because I'm pretty sure everyone knows what my answer is going to be, <laughs> I want to say that I actually had to go back just a moment ago and reread that question uh-huh. because I actually did not read it as just like what universe do you think is best like i read it as like which universe do you think is the most like the, the actual best to actually exist in like i don't know why my brain went there oh. and so my like absolutely within like a second of reading it i was like a hundred percent star trek oh, like yeah. why would you want to live anywhere that's not a utopia like there's <laughs> no poverty like everyone's guaranteed housing like you can eat whatever you want like why would you choose to be screaming on a bus because some villain is like flinging it to and fro like why would you want to be in a universe where people just randomly shoot people in bars like i don't know why my brain went there like, i'm just, I'm just like 100 star trek yeah but i also love it because i generally like the the stories that come from that universe if we're going with i think with the actual spirit of the question and not my weird survival brain uh well we we only have uh about 40 uh votes in the poll uh i i i thought star wars was going to be higher in here so far 44 percent is star trek so uh yeah that's not too bad i i thought star wars would would uh kind of lead the poll so i i vastly prefer the star wars movies but i just think the star trek universe the way it's constructed like the stuff disney's been doing with star wars kind of put a taint on the universe to me they retconned all the old timothy zahn books and a bunch of other stuff like that which i mean all, all three <laughs> universes are deep obviously i mean marvel yeah. they going all the way back to comic books you know star wars star trek i mean they they all have deep universes and i've known people who have been deep in each of them for sure uh but yeah star star trek is just yeah it's my jam <laughs> uh I mean, almost anything now has like a, a, a cinematic universe as well, though. I remember like Halo. I actually read a Halo book. Uh, yeah. I don't remember yeah. which book it was, but you, you know, can buy them at the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, like, yeah, so you, you can you can dig in uh, to anything. Uh, anyway. Anyway, uh, that was a fun one. Thank you, Jester. <laughs> uh, we got to get out of here. Um, Cause I got to grab some lunch. Lunch time. Uh, yeah, all this, all this Falcon fuel and this liquid death is is getting to me. So, uh, let's go ahead and get out of here. So, check back next week for your pick fix of PC Talk on the, here on the Full Nerd uh, to listen to us uh, on the go anytime you want. Uh, subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, Pocket Casts, wherever you want to. Every time you do, oh no, no. Please leave a review because every time you do, a bag of Falcon fuel gets delivered to your house. Just kidding. I'm not gonna <laughs> not, not gonna commit to that. Uh, like, what are you promising? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Falcon Northwest, <laughs> like, what the hell did you just say? Uh, <laughs> so, um, anyway, uh, thank you everyone for watching. Thank you, Brad Charkis, for uh, for hanging out and giving giving some fantastic insight. No problem, and the real answer is Babylon 5 universe. Ooh, I still need to watch that. Too. Yes. I still the same. need to watch that. I need to watch it. Uh, Eleni Yee, thank you for the ad read. That was a fantastic time. Uh, you're welcome. Also, I'm going to go have some Swiss cheese because I've actually low-key been thinking about that ever since mm. you made that analogy. I, I saw your eyes lit up when you when Adam said that. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, ooh, Swiss cheese. Swiss that, cheese. that is somebody who's worked with me way too long and knows me too well. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and then uh, Willis Lies is, is going to take us off. Thank you so much, Willis. 
All right. Thank you, everyone, uh, for tuning in. I just want to make a quick correction. I'm actually wearing James Sullivan from Monsters, Inc. Uh, yeah, not Mike uh, Wazowski. And their motto is, uh, we scare because we care. Do we have a full nerd motto, by the way? <laughs> Bigger bar better. Bigger bar better. There you go. We need that on, on the T-shirt. So, yeah. Thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'm going to go watch Star Trek before Adam uh, you know, kills me. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everyone. I'll see you later. Bye.